This July 4th, celebrate the spirit of freedom and comfort with Minky Couture Blankets. Wrap yourself in the softness of luxury minky fabric as you cozy up under the stars and stripes. Our blankets are designed to ignite your patriotic pride and keep you warm all night long. From backyard barbecues to fireworks in the sky, make every moment memorable with Minky Couture. Indulge in the ultimate comfort and style this Independence Day. Visit us at MinkyCouture.com or your nearest store today and embrace the true essence of July 4th with Minky Couture Blankets. Freedom has never felt so cozy. What's up, everyone? This is Go Along with Dunn and Monas, GoAlongTD.com. I finally have Jim back. I, I tried to do a solo <laughs> pod last week, Jim. It wasn't the same. Ratings plummeted without my my trusty co-host, but um, this is what this is what the Christmas season does. We're all kind of zigging and zagging and hitting different parties, hitting different family members. So um, that didn't sound good. Hitting different family members. Hopefully, you're not hitting your family members. How's um, life? This time of year, I think there might be some, especially if you're getting snowed in with your family for like three days straight. Um, it's good to be back. I feel like I felt like Minshew. Like you were, you did yours. Like no, I, you were hurt. Like if you if you just carry, if the program was great, the pod was good solo. You've been like, hey, I'm good, Jim. I don't need you, but you still need your backup. You, you need a little backup to help a little bit. You're right. I, I could have just kicked your ass to the curb and said, "We're good. We're good." If you had, if, you're, if you felt good about that that solo pod, I would have been out of the job. I will say some of these uh, conversations that I have with players, you know, would go long. We we have some written Q and As, and I'll include the audio here on the pod. I think it gets. I think it's a good mix. Uh, but when we do that, I think people do miss Monus in their life. So I'm well, glad we can do this. It's good to be back. Um, December 27th, I, as we sit here, as we sit here, we, we just went through the great holiday season weekend of football on Christmas weekend. Don't gamble. Don't ever gamble. It can ruin Christmas. It can ruin your mood, mm, mm. but yeah, don't, rough don't do it. And sometimes you have bad weekends, but anyway, sometimes you can be the Texans. Sometimes you can be the Colts. In gambling, and sometimes you be the Chiefs and Bills, and you know it's just it's a roller coaster. Well, it's been just absolute chaos here in Western chaos. New York. I feel like we can't even think about football, let alone speak about football, without acknowledging everything that's happened here. I mean, it goes without saying. You know, all of our prayers are with the families affected. I, I mean, p- people literally freezing to death. Jim in their cars and their homes, massive power outages. Um, it's I gotta I gotta gotta bite my tongue, Jim, because I I, I feel like you know this these blizzards blizzards don't just sneak up on you. And it was apocalyptic. It was the storm of the century. But to just to sit here and watch, you know, people that we vote into power take four questions and almost blame the the populace blame the people we told you so in so many words callous um just unbelievably callous unbelievably unprofessional shitty i i feel like 
lives could have been saved. My opinion, I, I, I it's awful. Yeah, Mother Nature. It, it's the combination of the wind and the snow and the cold and the pot. But man, to to not have a plan in place, it just it just blew my mind that we lost. You know, this storm, it kind of sweeped through the whole nation. I think more than half of the deaths were here in Buffalo, New York. Just, just insane. And you, you, you kind of, um, toggle between your, your mind being blown and just being horrified to being infuriated over something like this. And I don't know. And anyways, I, I feel for everybody out there. If anybody's listening to our podcast or affected in any way, we're thinking of you, man oh, or woman. It, it, it's all. Yeah. You know, Tyler. That la- the last storm we had a couple weeks ago, I was I was not here for that. I was in Vegas for the XFL draft, and I couldn't get back right away. Long story short, I came back. Things were you know you could see it was rough. Once again for this storm, I was in Central Pennsylvania visiting family friends, so I drove back. Actually, as we're doing this podcast, I just got back about an hour ago, and I haven't seen snow. I haven't seen it like this. So just. I can, it's making yeah. me think of how bad it must have been. Like, if this is how it is today, the 27th, I can't even imagine, you know, the actual. So to hear those deaths and it just seems so unnecessary and it's, it's a shame. I mean, I, like you said, Mother Nature, I don't know the answer, but it's a shame. Well, I don't know if everybody's just sitting around watching the local news, right? I mean, a lot of people knew this was coming. A lot of people knew it was going to be bad. Not everybody. Not everybody is just, you know, glued to a screen and it, it was so severe and so dangerous that I, I, I don't know. It, it's hard. You can't really Monday morning quarterback it. And, and hindsight no, is always 20, no, 28. I, I, I get all that. I absolutely yeah, get all that. But um, it's just, it's just so chilling and sad. And it just uh, not to get all down and out before we even start talking about football, but no. I, I just feel like we can't talk about football without thinking about this to some of the images coming out are, I mean, Hard to see. Uh, so stay safe, stay warm. Hopefully, gradually we'll kind of get back to uh, some normalcy here in Buffalo. And it's it, it's it's just pretty wild what what people go through living here, Jim. Um, let let alone a football team that's you know trying to travel around through this mess. And um, it's I don't yeah. know. There's no there's no real smooth segue into talking about football, but. Uh, no. when you're like, you know, in your position, I mean, you dealt with weather and logistically traveling an entire team to and from cities getting hit hard by weather. Uh, anything come to mind through, through stuff like this? I like, I don't, it's crazy in my career, but I was a part of the Saints when Katrina hit in New Orleans and wiped us out in the, in the, in that city right. out. So I saw the Saints, I saw how we battled back and kind of used that as a basically the city kind of rallied around every the football. Hey, things suck right now in the city. Saints are coming up and everybody just rallied, rallied around the football team. That's going to happen here. It's it's brutal right now living here. But I told you earlier and we'll talk about, but what the Bills have done this year, battling travel adversity. They have families and friends too that go through it. When they, when they get out of town, their family doesn't get out of town. So trust me, it's on their minds constantly. Just like your you know your family's on you know it's all on our minds too. So they've gone through some things this year that not every team has had to go through adversity wise, and the Bills just keep winning. And I know we talk about I'm I couldn't if I'm a Bills fan I am 
completely happy. Obviously, you got everybody has injuries. Von Miller, yeah, it stinks. But other than Von Miller, I think things look pretty good health wise for the Bills. Would you agree? Yeah, uh, you know, health wise, yeah. I, I want to get into the Bills, but I but I've got to stop you on the Katrina stuff. I mean, Go ahead. what was yeah. that really like, Jim? So you know, I've traveled to New Orleans for some stories. You know, we were there. This season, um, for the Demario Davis profile, Juwan Johnson at Q and A and my yeah. Uber driver, um, it was kind of, I'm kind of glad that he kind of got lost bringing me back to my hotel. Cause we talked about Katrina for like a half hour and the devastation and, and what it really did to, to people on a very, you know, personal level. Because I feel like from afar, you know, just seeing it on the news and reading about it, it, it does not do it justice at all. It just seems like, you know, on this other planet, people's lives are affected and, but to see it, to live it, to feel it, what, what was that like in 2005, Jim? So obviously I wasn't in the New Orleans for Katrina. You know, I was an area scout. I was living in South Carolina That's at true. the time. Right, right. So I wasn't like there for the actual, like the day. I didn't live there. So like a lot of the guys I worked with and the players, coaches, obviously they lived there and were affected more. Now that was Jim Hazlitt's um, last year. And then that was Sean Payton's first year with the Saints. In 06. In 06. I'm sorry. It was Hazlitt's last. Katrina was Hazlitt's last year. Okay. Coach Payton came in after that season. Okay. So basically think about this. You have the hurricane hit. That was my first year with the Saints. I had just gotten hired in the South. So I was all excited about this opportunity. We had that, that hurricane wiped out the city. We were going to San Antonio to play games I was there. They brought the scouts in. We went to San Antonio to see the Saints play Atlanta. Um, then we had our draft meetings in San Antonio. <laughs> we eventually made it back to New Orleans for draft final draft meetings, like in April of 06. And that was our historic draft with Reggie Bush. And that was also the free agent sign of Drew Brees. So that was how, and Coach Payton, all that was the post-Katrina kind of uplifting moves that the saints brought to the city and everybody was like, and everybody was excited for that 06 season. We had no clue what was going to happen. New coach, new quarterback, breeze coming off an injury. We make it to the NFC championship. <laughs> so when I talk about quarterback, that's why I talk about it so much. I saw a team that was basically, we didn't have a city or really even a roster. I mean, we were bad. Like it looked bad. We were able to flip that in one off season. And all because of Drew Brees, obviously, and Coach Payton connected. But that's how quick you can turn it around. And going back to the whole tragedy of the weather, it was, it's a defeating, it's defeating. It, you, it, it adds on, it makes you feel like things are worse than they are, probably. I feel like, you know, t- to an extent, there, there's absolutely families that are feeling similar devastation right, right now. And it's, you know, there's only a handful of markets in the NFL where the, 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 the football team in the city are synonymous, right? It's yeah. one in the same. New Orleans yeah. is like that. I agree. Buffalo's like that. Like there, there's a lot of people that are going to be looking for a source of, of joy, of optimism, of, of anything, a diversion, right? Bare minimum, something that take my mind away from the, the, this hell on earth that, that I'm experiencing in this moment. Yeah. Um, I, the bill, the bills have been that for, a lot less than what people have gone through this this winter. I mean, t- take it all back to the top shooting, right? Uh, what what Buffalo's kind of been through this year, and you know the football team immediately kind of rallies around the communities. Taiwan Jones, you know the pro the series that we had at go along. He goes from hating Buffalo, 
hating the community, hating, thinking that there's a lot, a lot of racism, that the things that he heard through the kneeling, you know, controversy, whatever you think about that. I mean, he heard some pretty rough things to leaving Buffalo, giving Buffalo a second chance and loving the, the city. I mean, forget the community relations, which he's, you know, has a direct tie to and you know, anything that pops up within the team, he's food drives, fundraisers. He's right there. Um, he's talking to just people not even affiliated with the team to give back to the city. Um, he, he's always out there helping in, in any way he possibly can. So I don't know. I, I, I just feel like the, the bills and football can pr- supply what a lot of people need right now. It's not going to, it's not going to like, you know, bring lives back. It's, it's not going to heat your home. It's not going to do any of that kind of stuff, but the mentality of, um, of a city. It kind of goes toward football. <laughs> it can help in, in some degree, I would think. It's a great point by you with the shooting at tops as well, because it adds another, you know, just what they battled through another form of adversity. And when you're Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs and you're anybody, every player, really, you come out of college, you, you want to, hey, I want to be the best I can pay. This is my job, job, job. How many people's jobs involve and you don't know this for sure when you're in college, but how many people's jobs involve being the face of the community and the whole city looking to you, Josh Allen, namely, to bring to bring us back, bring happiness to our city? That's not Josh Allen's job. His job is to win football games. But people are going to now look at, please, Josh, please. It, it adds more to Josh. Like, yeah. we need this Super Bowl so bad. You know, it's like. I and we because we got there in NFC, we got to the championship in 2006, the NFC championship lost. We didn't get back till 2000, was it 10? I'm trying to remember when we won the Super Bowl, but that's once again how hard it is to get back. We were really just thought, okay, we made it to the NFC championship first year, Breeze, Reggie Bush, Coach Payton. We're going to be back every, I mean, we'll at least be back to that yeah. every year. But that's the power of football. Like, I mean, I lived in Green Bay for five years. I lived in West New York. You you feel it in the community. I mean, when, when they, when they would lose in the playoffs in Green Bay and I'm going to Kavarna's coffee shop or Luna and De Pere, you know, you just feel the dejection and the down and out and the seasonal depression because guess what? You're not going to thaw out till June. It just, and then on the flip side, when they're winning, um, People take on that that energy, and it's contagious. It's the same thing in in Buffalo. I mean, you feel it for for an entire generation. Seventeen years, this team to make the playoffs, and it people kind of negatively that that negativity can kind of spread. Where they've been good now for you know, five going on six years. Um, it, it can be something that gets people excited in the morning, and I don't know how you measure that, but it's a good either. thing. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's kind of where I think what the city, like I think you said it best, how the cities take on the the team and they just they mesh, they mesh together because of hey, we're in this together. Not everybody wants to live in Buffalo, Green Bay. Shoot, I don't know if everybody wants to live in New Orleans. I mean, you have to yeah. want, like, you have to be a certain kind of person want to live in New Orleans because it's not, it's different. Louisiana is different than every other state, and it's like nothing I've ever it's experienced. Rough. So yeah. Where okay, I I think that this podcast what we'll do is almost a little bit of an extension of uh the the solo monas list pod because I want to get your perspective on this, Jim. But um now we've got another weekend of games that kind of threw a wrench into uh yeah. a lot of a lot takes lot that yeah. we've shot into the atmosphere here. Good stuff. 
Um, but we know, all right, so we know the Bills are, are good. The Chiefs are good. The Bengals are good. The Eagles are good. The, uh, 49ers are good. I'd tend to throw the Vikings in there. You would not. We're but talk. I, they're good. We'll get into they're that. Good. Beyond those top five, because we, we know that they're all Super Bowl contenders. I want to know a team that you think could go on a run and, and threaten to contend. I'm not saying you gotta, you know, place a $1,000 bet. On, on your app, Jim, but, um, and then a team that you think is a fraud, right? Or, and, and maybe that's a little strong, a team that you think is not going to do much at all in the playoffs. You're maybe not as good as, and well, yeah. Let's start with the, you want to start with the not as good? Sure. For me, it is Minnesota. <laughs> Those poor, and it's not the Vikings. offense. I'm not worried about the offense. I have concerns on that defense. And until I feel better about that, until I would see more consistency out of that defense to feel like this is what you're getting, and you always throw in Kirk Cousins as can you depend on can can you rely on him? Yeah. I mean, those to me, and as many comebacks that they had, they've had so many comebacks this year. They have not been a good first half team at all, and that's a hard way to make a living in the playoffs you don't want to have to come from behind. Like that's just, you're, you're fighting the odds. The Vikings are fighting the odds this year to get the record they have. Um, give them credit because they have done it. They come back, but I just don't see enough consistency coming out of the gate and just putting teams, you know, enforcing it, dominating. They just seem to always be the team coming back. So that would be my concern for the Vikings. I, I like the take, you know, I trust I'm not you saying in your not, brain. Dangerous, dangerous, dangerous. I've been good. quick. I mean, I've been quick to mock people who uh, criticize the Vikings because it has been so loud all season long. And, you know, we have people pointing to metrics and DVOAs and close games. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know what? They're in a lot of close games. They're winning a lot of close games. There is something to that. Like that is football. Like the NFL, I feel, I feel like every game comes down to two or three plays. If you've got something in your DNA that's going to make you win those games, whether it's coaching, clock management, your quarterback making the right decisions, having having stars who rise up in those moments. I still like the Vikings because I feel like they check those boxes. And, and no, number one is the star. They've got Justin Jefferson, and whoever they play does not. And when it, and when it gets down to nut-cutting time, I think Isaiah McKenzie on our show, he called it nut-crunching time. Either way. <laughs> Which I kind of like better. Um, I, kinda, I think I like that better. Yeah, right. You're either cutting the nuts or crunching the nuts. If you're crunching somebody's nuts, that's probably a little more painful, right? I to don't me, know, cutting would be pretty it, painful. Crunch just—I I like that. I, I could go with that. Cutting is drastic. Cutting seems drastic. You could go nut crushing time too. That's fine. I like that. So when you get to those moments, with those moments, give me the team with Justin Jefferson. I, I feel like the Buffalo game is what, what really did sell me. It was a Insane game, right? You've got, you know, fumbled snaps at the inch yard line and the, the fourth and long catch by Justin Jefferson. But you, Kirk Cousins is smart. He knows, look, when you get into the fourth quarter, it doesn't matter what the coverage is. It doesn't matter what you're trying to do. I'm going to find my guy in double coverage, give him a shot. And I just trust he'll make that play. And then you add TJ Hawkinson. Man, the game that he just had against the Giants, that, that second touchdown catch over two defenders. I mean, he's, he is a, a top five tight end 
Um, and he can block a little too. I, that gives him another weapon. KJ Osborne has had some really good moments. Adam Thielen is still a guy you'd want to go to on some third downs. And oh, by the way, you've got a top five, maybe a top three back when healthy and Dalvin Cook. Offensively, I feel like they can go drive for drive with anybody. De- defensively, I'm with you on some of the concerns. They've got some issues. You just rattled off. Yeah, that's only I was going to say. You you rattled off all those guys on offense, and I know I'm not trying. I agree with you. I, that offense is Super Bowl offense, no doubt. But team, like, are they good enough team wise? Can they jump out on somebody instead of playing from behind? That would be a sign that you're seeing Minnesota going this way. That's a good point because that's what they're going to have to do. They like have I, to. You could see a scenario where they they play San Francisco. And they can maybe turn Brock Purdy into a pumpkin because he just can't keep up with their offense. No like, try, try to rev these games into shootouts. And if they're not really getting up on teams and jumping on teams, that is a concern. There, if they do have a lead, I mean, they're so scary because they can run the, you know, they have a, they have Cook and that passing game. I mean, I'm with you on the offense. So, well, this is the weekend then. Like if you, if you want to be considered a Super Bowl contender and you're Minnesota, and you're playing a Packers team that is going to be desperate as hell for a win. They have to win. You need to go into Lambeau Field this time of year and take care of business. Like you just, you just do. You've got Zadarius Smith, who again will be looking for revenge. Uh, we all remember that, that little stir from before the season we caused here at Go Along Gym when Zadarius was pretty honest about wanting to stick it to his former team. Well, guess what? He's been phenomenal this year. He's been better than any pass rushers Green Bay has. So he'll, he'll be a factor, and he's going to have to be a factor. I think that they're going to have to rely on pass rush, on turnovers. Um, and on the flip side, is, is Green Bay going to be willing to feed Aaron Jones, feed A.J. Dillon? I mean, Aaron Rodgers was just kind of so-so in Miami. You know, he had the great throw up the left sideline, but he, he was average. Um, he was, but if they, if they lean into those two backs and the defense is playing better, they're at home where they always play better. It's not going to be easy for Minnesota to go in there and win. So I think this is a game where, you know, if we record, if we're recording this a week from now, it might be a different conversation one way or another on our two uh, opinions here. Minnesota is 31st ranked on defense yards per play. That's a major stat that I look at. And the only team worse than them in that stat is Detroit. So that's just a that's just a quick like I'm not I'm not trying to like make things up. I'm just trying to show at least my concerns for Minnesota. First half defense, can that win? Can that get to the Super Bowl with those being kind of not strong suits for them? Where Philadelphia, San Fran, they're off the charts on first half and defense. I mean, Philadelphia, their entire offensive line made the Pro Bowl. They've got studs along the D-line. It's just, I feel like they just kept adding stars like midseason. Oh, they signed this guy, they signed that guy on, and they're already loaded. So, yeah, it's it's going to be tough for Minnesota, but I, I'm not ready to bail yet, Jim. No, I, I agree. I like who, So who do you think is a little overrated? Baltimore. Like based on their record. Like Baltimore. Not the big five. Who? Baltimore? Yeah, I just – the Lamar stuff is weird, right? Like it's kind of strange. Um, there's still some bad one, blood there between player one. and management, and I feel yeah. like it's I feel like it's beyond the money. I'm with we, you right now. I, I don't know. We, I mean, we've we've talked to 
Lamar's, you know, private quarterbacks coach in the past on this pod, Joshua Harris, who's, who's fantastic. And, you know, he broke down how they use him, why he's dangerous. And I get all that, like in the run game. You know, Greg Roman can schematically dial things up that no other OC can to create angles. And Lamar's Barry, ja- you know, he's Barry Sanders. I almost said Barry Jackson. He's he, Barry yeah. Sanders in there. He's basically he Barry Jackson. Um, but then we, you know, we had the conversation with Willie Sneed over the offseason, and he's blunt on just how elementary some of these routes are in the passing game. And Steve Smith had the epic rant when they lost to Buffalo, what, two years ago, almost three years ago in the playoffs. There's something about that passing game that I think is pissing Lamar Jackson off. And that's a gut feeling more than anything. I think he wants to see some type of evolution. And he gets a lot of the blame. A lot of it's justified. He's not the most accurate quarterback when you compare him to Joe Burrow or Patrick Mahomes, but different. Just so different. Different. And it's, I think that they've got that they got to stop banging their heads against the wall with that style. And now he hasn't been on the field in what a month. Um, the defense is, is so up and down. They've just blown so many leads all season long. There's talk about performing well in close games. Late in the game, they find a way to lose it. I, I think they're just trending the wrong direction, even though their schedule is so kind here toward the end of the season. Uh, that they've barely been beating some bad teams. It just, I, I, I feel like with or without Lamar Jackson in a playoff game against Allen, Burrow, Mahomes, hell, throw some other quarterbacks in there, Herbert, Trevor Lawrence. I, I don't see Baltimore winning that game. I think they're I one and done. It's almost opposite of what we were talking about with um, Buffalo as far as team together, fighting through travel, logistics, tragedy together. Baltimore, injuries, Lamar in and out. Is Greg Roman coming back? Is Lamar coming back? Is Tucker Has Tucker now become a target because is he too cocky for a kicker? I mean, obviously he's the greatest <laughs> kicker of all time, but if you've noticed – I think people are starting to say, hold it, you keep, you're cool when you keep your mouth shut, but if we're going to, now we're going to, they run their mouth on him now, block a kick, <laughs> miss one. I've noticed a little, best yeah. kicker of all time, whatever. But you see what I'm saying? There are hiccups there, distractions in Baltimore that don't give you a good feeling headed into the playoffs. And you don't even know what Lamar's coming back like. So there, there's too many questions there. I think that's a good, I, I like that. That's a good call. As somebody that's, cause they are, they're, they're a really good first half team. Like mm-hmm. you were saying, they, that for my stats, they're mid range on defense, 14th opponents yards per play. And then you throw Lamar in there. That's a, that's a Super Bowl recipe for me, but I just don't, it just doesn't seem correct right now there. And not everything seems good there. And I do think this will be the last year. If they don't make a run, this, this whole Lamar thing, this thing's about to go. It's either, it's going to be Lamar somewhere else, right? Or it's going to be Lamar's team. Greg Roman's out. I don't think both of them stay. And if you're choosing, but if you're choosing Greg Roman over or over Lamar Jackson, what the hell are you doing though? Right? Like it, you're in the wrong business. I mean, that power struggle would be, you know, you're in the Tyson wrong business. Fury stepping into the ring with what? One of those guys. Steve one Urkel. of those guys is rare. Yeah, it's a real simple decision. I know. No offense, Coach Roman. You'll get a job again. You can't find Lamar Jackson. That's the thing. It's I, for, for, and I, I agree with a lot of the criticism that that's levied Lamar's way. I think we oh, both I do, do too. I do too. I mean, Doug Whaley's been on this show talking about it too. 
Uh, we don't I, Tyler, I don't even know if he's good enough to ever beat. I don't know if they could ever beat Mahomes. If I'm Lamar, I told you, we talked about this. If I'm Lamar and Super Bowl is what I need, I'm, I'm bailing. NFC, who wants me? Yeah. I'm going right. to the NFC and let it be a bidding war to be the highest paid player in the history of football. Demarcus Robinson is the team's leading wide receiver. You know, after Mark Andrews. I thought Sammy Watkins was after that catch he had the other right. day. Right. Well, he's right in the mix after that one catch for 40 yards. Demarcus Robinson, 45 grabs for 425 and two touchdowns. That's your, that's your top wide receiver threat. That's Tyler, just not going to cut it in the playoffs. It's no, not. No, it's not. It's not. When you see Sammy make a play like that in Baltimore, and it, look, he's he's on his last legs literally because of injuries. But it's you still wonder how he couldn't be a compliment in Green Bay with Rodgers at that running game and Watson being as good as he is. You would think Sammy would be a perfect number two or three some type of role in an offense with the Aaron Rodgers. I'm surprised that didn't they didn't find any type of way to get him involved. I'm not saying Sammy's a game breaker at all. I'm just, he is reliable. He is a veteran. I would think Aaron Rodgers would like that. So that was strange that didn't work because he goes right to Baltimore. And obviously it's an offense he's familiar with, and they get him the ball right away with a backup quarterback. You know, I don't even know if it's a Sammy thing. I think all wide receivers – in that offense, it, it's time tested. Um, it's a lot of the stuff we've talked about on here, and that uh, the the great story in the athletic that was much discussed, right? Yeah, true. Which we're, we're getting around the podcast. We absolutely are. Um, Kaylin Kaner, that is. I think that's absolutely spot on. Where whether you're a young receiver or a new receiver, like to get. It, there, there, there's those two offenses within the one. There's what Matt LaFleur is calling and the design routes and the design plays. And then there is what Aaron Rodgers actually does once the ball is snapped, even before the ball is snapped with signals, with audibles. I mean, several receivers on the record here at Go Long and in the story at The Athletic have talked about how difficult it is to get on Aaron Rodgers' level. That's not necessarily a criticism. That's the reality. They've been at their best when these young receivers – develop and have thousands upon thousands of reps with Aaron Rodgers and they see the same thing. They don't even have to audible anything. It's nonverbal. Jordy Nelson knows to go to the back shoulder. Randall Cobb knows where to, what to do in the slot. Devontae Adams, his second year, he was written off as a bust by most people. I mean, it was, it was bad. A lot of drops and not you know, trust issues were there for good reason. Eventually all those, Reps added up, added up, added up, and the talent was able to shine. It didn't just happen overnight. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he's that's what we've always said. Aaron Rodgers has to change the way he approaches the quarterback position with young receivers, like, and just allow them to grow. Don't ice them out. That that's what he did in the past. If, if a guy had a mistake, you, you didn't see the ball the rest of the game. Christian Watson in Week One. So they kind of turned the corner with Watson, right? He's looked like a star at times this past month. Um, but I think Sammy was, even though he's a veteran, he just wasn't on that same page. Couldn't see the same no, thing. It's fine for, yeah. I, not, uh, like I said, I don't think it's making a difference in their season. I was just thought they would find a way, but, um, Hey, yeah. real, so wait, not to get too far off topic, unless you want more on green Bay, but, um, I want to hear who you think is a team we didn't put maybe who's a team that can sneak into that top five, those top five. Um, and I'll tell you, right. I'll 
I'll go with mine in the NFC is the team. I, I think Dallas, I don't believe in their coach. And this is how crazy it, what I'm saying is. I think Dallas has the ability to beat Philly like they just did with Hurts, not even mentioned, but to beat Philly, to beat San Fran. They have the ability to do that, in my opinion. Here's why. They are 10th ranked yards per play on defense. Major stat mm-hmm. I love. They're top 10 in first half point differential. Another stat I love. So they're hitting, they're hitting check marks for me that show you the good teams. They, they hit the, the right analytics for me. And I like Dak. I, I know, hey, our boy Shady McCoy has been on Twitter just crushing Dak. I love Shady. He's so passionate. I would love to talk to him about this <laughs> to hear really. I mean, he really does not like Dak. What you have to do is it's like to, sometimes just because you're not Burrow, you're not too – Dak isn't – Dak is more cousins. You know, he's mm-hmm. – he's that's still a winning starting quarterback in the NFL that's hard to find. Like, you don't want to get rid of that guy unless you think he's the problem. Is he is Dak preventing you from winning games? That's really what the, the Cowboys – that's what I would like to tell Shady. That's how the Cowboys would determine – his worth. If you're, you can, you can criticize any quarterback. They, everybody has bad games, but can you, is Dak the answer? Is he hurting you? Is he preventing us from beating certain teams? So there you go. That's my pitch. I think Dallas could be a team that could sneak into a Super Bowl that we haven't really maybe given enough thought to. All right. How about you? Well, talent wise, I'm there with you in Dallas. Okay. Yeah. Like it's not crazy, right? Like Tony Pollard, I mean, he's, he remains one of the true, Rising, maybe he already is a star in, in the game. Um, He's a he, weapon. He, I mean, Zeke Zeke Elliott has eighteen more carries than Tony Pollard, and he's played two less games, which is kind of a crime. I mean, <laughs> Zeke still has some juice left. He's averaging four point one a carry, though. Tony Pollard's at five point three a carry. He's got nine hundred eighty eight yards, nine touchdowns. He he can catch. Out of the backfield. I, I don't know why they don't feed him more, but maybe in a roundabout way, he's kind of fresh when they really need him. They could unleash him in ways that we haven't seen in the playoffs. And defensively, if you've if you've got a singular talent like Micah Parsons, I mean he can just absolutely take over at, at any given moment. Um 13 sacks, oh, three forced fumbles, two fumble recovery. I, mean, I feel like you turn on a Dallas game, any given drive, he's just He's doing something to ruin that drive. So regardless of what issues are going on behind him, and there there are some issues. I mean, in the secondary, it's not it's not great. No doubt. Uh, I, I hear you in Dallas. I, I, I can't see – I just can't see them winning four games in a row. I feel like even this – maybe their most impressive win of the season, right, Philadelphia? Like right when they should have just slammed the door on that game. Uh, I'm pulling up the play-by-play. Tyler, that game so, – so Philly yeah, like won. Philly could have won that game. Philly could have won that game. I mean, Philly fumbles it. Miles Sanders fumbles it. Never with... fumbles. He never fumbles. And if you want me to get really angry about that fumble, I had the Eagles plus three and a half, and that they were going to cover that game. That fumble, they 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 could have won that game. That fumble. Not only did they lose, then they didn't cover. So that play angered me. But I agree with you, man. Philly Philly could have won that game. Two nineteen left, and Dak. You know, I guess he put the blame on Dak too here, but he, he gets 16 yards, gets it down to the five yard line, but he goes out of bounds. So stops the clock at 201. And then he kind of falls down for a sack right after that. 
right? So so they don't have to use a timeout. The two minute warning oh. serves as your timeout. Um, it, it, it was a game that didn't have to be a game. So they settled for the field. I mean, Philly never should have got the ball back. Is my point. That's I, fair. It, it's it's a theme with Mike McCarthy. We we see this quite a bit, it, and we know how last season ended with not even having a play when your quarterback slides. It's I don't know. I just so see Dallas. If that's, over now that's what I'm saying. If maybe Dak is the issue. Maybe at the end of the day, he is not making those critical decisions fourth quarter red zone, all the stuff that make the great quarterbacks, maybe that is the fatal flaw in Dak Prescott. Or it's McCarthy, right? It's the coach not having a command of, of the moment. So, yeah, no, that's a yeah, good one, team, though. What team? All right, who you got? Who's sneaking up with, on us? Going to go with the Jacksonville Jaguars. The 7-8 and eight Jags, baby. I mean, Trevor Lawrence has that's played better part. The seven and eight Jags, yeah. Yeah, but it's no, it's it's true. It's true. It's about being healthy and hot. And we've seen it. I mean, you got the Packers and when they won it in twenty ten, they barely sneak into the playoffs. The Giants, you know, when they go and there's always a team that slips in, sneaks in, and is a threat. you look at what Trevor Lawrence has done the last really since it's really since not- yeah. Mid-November, you know, when they lost to Kansas City, he has been the best quarterback in football, if if not the best right there with the best. He's he has certainly shown what, you know, we all thought he he has it in him. He he has it in him. You know, now it's time to this is the this is the first step. Remember, I'm still treating this as his rookie year. Yeah. Okay. I am not counting that garbage. I, it that's garbage. And you are not, you should not be accused of, you shouldn't be judged on that. That's not fair. That was not fair to Trevor Lawrence or any of those players. But this is awesome. And I'm happy because it's good to see that coaching matters. And that's what Doug Peterson does. He brings, he's proven that wherever he goes now. That's multiple places, gets teams on track. He knows how to win. People buy into him. It's awesome. Yep. Um, he just seems like a guy you definitely would want you coaching. Like he would want to play for him because after the game, I know he'd go to a dive bar at the beach. <laughs> like I could see him in Jacksonville. That's a dive bar-y kind of beach, beachy town city. Um, I I don't think they're going to be intimidated by Mahomes, I by like, Burrow, by Allen, by any of these quarterbacks. No, they in the won't AFC. be intimidated. They won't be intimidated. But they may, may prevent it once again. It may prevent Jacksonville Jacksonville from ever being in a Super Bowl. Like Trevor Lawrence is literally going against. I, I don't know. Like it's it'd be like LeBron, Jordan, Kobe, all playing at their height, going against each other. Hmm. They would take titles away from each other. That's a really you good do. comparison. You know, I think they are probably a star number one wide receiver away where you, we've seen teams just take the big swings, right? The bills. We, I mean, the, first I they wanted Antonio Brown. They wanted a B and a B said, that's no, the thanks. That's the best, it's the best, one of the best counterfactuals. Um, but Stefan Diggs, I mean, he takes Allen to a different level. Tyree kills taking two to another level. And that's a whole other podcast. We could talk to right, Miami, but it's proving um, your point. And uh, A.J. Brown, you know, in Philly. So uh, Jacksonville's got a really good 
nucleus of weapons from Christian Kirk has lived up to his contract, which how many people predicted that? He's been sensational. Uh, Evan Ingram has completely revitalized his career at tight end. He's been dominant the last few weeks. So Zay good. Jones, uh, Travis Etienne has, has been a game breaker. I, I like, I like their team and, you know, defensively, obviously is where we don't really know. They're, they're so young and they were so bad for so long that they've got like, you know, all these high picks from Josh Allen on their, their own Josh Allen, Trayvon Walker. We had the big profile on Foyer Oluokan, free agent acquisition, another guy that got paid this offseason who's, you know, he, he's really the kind of the heart and soul of the defense all over the place. Always going to be right up there with the best, uh, or the top yeah. tech. Tackle leaders in the NFL. So you can, you can see them doing enough on defense. And I think Trevor Lawrence is, you know, every bit what we thought Trevor Lawrence was going to be. He's on the right trajectory now. I agree with that. Right trajectory, more to come. Um, didn't mention our, our guy, go best blocking tight end in football, Chris, Chris Man Hurts. Hurts. How could we forget? Man Hurts and Zay Jones. I feel part of Jacksonville. <laughs> That's right. Plus, you um, said that they were going to win the division. Well, I look, if I knew, if I really knew that, okay. You would have put I, money where I, your mouth is. I made a bet that they might, and it's not there yet. But it was a good bet. It was a fun bet. Okay. okay. But, man, I do respect that. They, You don't want to play them. But you're not going to play Herbert either, man. You don't want to ever play. So, basically, for the Bills and Chiefs going back to basketball, now you're playing – you know, the first round game, you're the best team in the NBA, but you're playing that team that has that dude, like that guy that averages 32 a game and there's no answer for him. And that, I don't care how good the Bills defense is. If Trevor's hot, if Herbert's hot, they're not going to stop him unless they're hitting him. That's the only way you're going to stop them. So if you aren't hitting them, you aren't stopping those guys when they're that, when they're on. You don't want to say play. this, I mean, but you're going to have to play him, though. You're going to have to play one of them. If if I'm the Chiefs, if I'm the Bills, if I'm the Bengals, the last team I want to play is Jacksonville. I don't think don't I'm really that play. worried about Baltimore. I don't. I mean, the uh, Chargers with Herbert, I, may, maybe, but uh, I guess I guess maybe it's a gut feeling. I, I like Jacksonville a little bit more than the Chargers. It's nothing wrong. It's, that's just, there's no right answer on this segment, Tyler. We're just picking up. There's no right Baltimore, answer. Baltimore, I mean, New, New England, they just, I mean, the way that they lost those last two games, boy, it doesn't get any more painful than that. Hard to Kobe just, Myers lateral to Ramondre Stevenson's fumble. Yet they, just, they, they control their destiny. That's what's hard to believe. It's just, they're hard to, for me, I can't even, they're hard for me to even watch on offense. I mean, I mean, Miami to, to lose. I mean, they could have beaten Buffalo in Buffalo to lose the way they did there. The Green Bay game. Um, no, no business losing that game too. And then now they've got to deal with Tua Tunga Viola, which I, we could, we could, we could spend a lot of time talking about this, Jim. We got to touch on it though. Whether it's the Dolphins, any team, I feel like there needs to be more eyeballs on every collision to, protect players against themselves um, because these guys aren't going to take themselves out of the game. Even if they're woozy, they want to stay in it. They're all competitors. And I mean, the play that is making, who knows if he actually suffered his concussion on that play where his head hits the turf. It, it seems like he probably did. And, and his numbers before that 
versus his numbers after that are staggering. He wasn't himself after that. But here's what's kind of scary, Jim. I mean, and this is where the NFL just drives me and just insanely mad is own the violence, own the tackling, own the contact because throw, I mean, another weekend of just a bunch of ridiculous roughing the passer calls. That's not going to save guys from getting concussions. I mean, I feel like the, the worst concussions we've seen this year with, with Tua are they weren't penalties. He's falling and his head hits the ground. Uh, I don't, I mean, until you just outright outlaw contact in football, yeah. that's, that's going to happen. It's, it's terrible and it, and it sucks for Tua, for the Dolphins. He can't play this week. I mean, I don't know. I mean, if you're looking out for his long-term health, shut him down for the season. What, what, what's your take on that whole situation? And uh, to me, to me, the, the, fi- the, the, the fix is, Independent people on the sideline looking at collisions, looking at the quarterback, seeing what's happening to their head, and immediately addressing it in the moment. And you know, own your violence if you're football. I mean, you're not going to eliminate that play from the game. You can't. The reason this is so crazy to me is what you just said. You started by saying there has to be somebody that is maybe they're paying more attention to, you know, every time a guy that. They do. That's what trainers do. When Tua hits the ground, they're all asking each other, did it hit? Did anybody see? I promise you, especially after what he's gone through. I don't understand how they could not have looked at this. Like, I'm I'm serious. That's almost crazy to me. Hmm. And if he did suffer another concussion and they missed it, I mean, what? Do, that's how would you feel safe as a player playing for that staff? If that's the case, I, this thing has so much. There's so many ways this could go. The other way this could go, if he is suffering concussions like this, he may not be allowed to play football. I'm serious, Tyler. It can get to that. It, it's going to be that drastic. It's going to be one or the other. Either the medical staff has to start. They have to own up and say, what, why was that not tested? And if he is suffering concussion. Like, I, I don't think he's going to play this week. Yep. I don't. No. I don't. I don't think medically there's any way they're going to do this after what he's been through this year. And I, I, if, if he's – I'm just telling you, there is – there's a lot more to this. This thing could get pretty big for, for Miami. If this is – if he's concussion prone, that – you can't get cleared. And the science – on concussions becomes more damning, more clear with each individual story where when they happen this frequently, this soon, one after another, the symptoms get worse, the damage gets worse, um, and you eventually have no choice but to retire. This so. this can be as – really, you're right. It's This one's one to follow. Hmm. A sad note to go out on. Uh, well, yeah, the, I know. The we always, I, that concussion thing. But you know what? I'm glad we don't ignore it. It's not, it is worth talking about because it's we're talking about his health and future of his whole like living. You know, so I, I like talking about it because they need protected. To your point, they're going to keep playing. And I feel like. You can both love the violence and the physicality of, of this sport. Like 
like I do, like you do, like we all yeah, do. Yeah. I mean, I've got the blood and guts sitting right here on the screen for people watching. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I love that about football. It's for yeah. the few. I mean, these are modern day gladiators that take this sport on. That is true. I mean, you can own that and love it, but that's the key owning it. If you're the NFL, own it and then create, you know, an infrastructure that protects guys against themselves within this world because doesn't matter how many rules you implement and how many flags you throw and how many times you find guys, this shit's unavoidable. <laughs> I mean, guys are going to hit their head on the turf. Maybe make the turf better for one. A lot of guys have been complaining about these surfaces. It's insane. I thought that we went through that with AstroTurf in the 90s. That right. have, have turf that it, maybe if it doesn't prevent a concussion, it you're not bouncing your head off concrete. Um, But just, you know, have somebody have a trainer that's that's keeping an eye out for this for this do. stuff, and and, do, and does There's, and does the job. Hard to believe they didn't own it. Didn't see that. Re- realize it's a violent game and own it, and then help these guys within this world because, to, to, I mean, Tua knows it's a violent game. He, the way he grew up, the way his dad raised him, it was hard. I mean, his dad was hard on him out in Hawaii, and you know that Polynesian culture. There's a reason a lot of these guys are going to the NFL. They're usually linemen and they're usually kicking your ass. Like it's a different world that he knows and embraces and loves, but that's why you need people that are going to say, Tua, look, sit this one out. <laughs> Get the hell out of this game. You know, fight, fight for another day. Let's, let's let, let's let the brain heal for a little bit. Um, so I don't, I, I mean, I know that there's a lot of really good people in that organization. So I, I still trust that they'll do the right thing here yeah. and we'll see. We'll see. Okay, Jim. What do you say, man? That was good. Well done. Good to have you back. Next time we got to be good, a fatty, though. Feels good. I'm ready for the stretch run. This is going to be good. And also, fatty, I mean, credit to uh, Nick and Chris. I mean, they, they had the downtown location open through all this. So, I think by foot, people were going and drinking away their sorrows. Yeah. But in all, in all seriousness, um, we're thinking of everybody out there and God, hope, hope, hope we get some normalcy here soon. Thanks everyone.